Welcome to day 151 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with David Keefe and Cindy Camp. Mm -hmm. Uh, We make a dramatic turn in our journey through the book of Romans today. Uh, First four chapters, Paul talks about our need to be justified by faith. In uh, chapters 5 through 8, he describes the new dynamics of the life that we have in Christ through the Spirit. And of course, it closes in a wonderful way that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, you know, that is in Christ Jesus. And I've always loved, you know, verse 32, Mm -hmm. talking about the faithfulness of God, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things? In other words, he's not only given us a son, but he's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And, And so much more, common grace. He deeply loves us and desires to give good gifts to his children. That doesn't exempt us from suffering, Hmm. Paul says, but the suffering we experience now does not even begin to compare to the glory Mm -hmm. he has before us. Mm -hmm. When we come to chapters 9, 10, 11, we're asking a really hard question. What happened to Israel? You know, what happened to the original covenant people? Mm -hmm. Why did they not readily receive Messiah when he came? Why did they not readily recognize their need for grace? Uh, Why are they as far from God as they have ever been? And uh, what implications does that have for us, you know, as as we continue to pursue God and rely on his his promises? So chapter 19 and 11 are um, some of the most dense, some of the most deep, you know, chapters in the book of Romans, but they're answering this one question about God's faithfulness to his people, Israel. And does God keep his covenant promises? Mm-hmm. So we begin in chapter 9. But as always, we, uh, we we pause before we read because we know that as we read God's word, we, we cannot fully understand God's word unless God, through his spirit, is working in us uh, to enlighten us and to illumine you know, his word. He inspired it. He brings it to light as we read it. And I love, you know, what Jesus said, uh, the Holy Spirit even takes from the things that belong to the Father and makes them known to us. So he does more than just give us knowledge. He gives us deep reassurance and truth and transforms us Mm -hmm. through Scripture. So, Cindy, before we uh, read, would you mind offering this moment, Mm -hmm. offering ourselves to the Lord? Mm -hmm. And, Father, we do that. We we come to this moment... um, wanting to offer ourselves to you, asking that our hearts would be open and teachable to the things that you would want us to know in your word. So, Father, just would pray for that. We pray that um, as you teach us, we would receive it. And, Father, that we would either walk in obedience or confess sin or, Father, just be encouraged by who you are and how you love us and how you've given us your word. So be with us now, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Romans chapter (laughs) 9. I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. There's the adoption to sonship. There's the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. It is not as though God's word had failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor because there is descendants are they all Abram's children. 
On the contrary, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it's not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it's the children of promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time I'll return, and Sarah will have a son. Not only that, but Rebekah's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she was told, the elder will serve the younger. Just as is written, Jacob, I loved, but Esau I hated. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy, and I have compassion on whom I have compassion. Does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore God is mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. One of you will say to me, then, why does God blame us? For who able who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? What if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the rich of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory, even us, whom he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles? As he says in Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people, and I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called the children of the living God. Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the Israelites be like sand on the sea, only the remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on earth with speed and finality. It is just as Isaiah said previously, unless the Lord Almighty had left us descendants, we would have become like Sodom and we would have been like Gomorrah. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith. But the people of Israel who pursued the law as a way of righteousness have not attained their goal. Why not? Because they pursued it, not by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. As is written, See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So there we enter the mystery of both election and the mystery of the nation of Israel. And uh, some things here that are hard to understand and even hard to receive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when we talk about objects, you know, that God has prepared in advance for destruction Mm -hmm. and objects he's prepared in advance, you know, for receiving mercy and how his purpose is reign Mm -hmm. and how his right, you know, his creator is sovereign, you know, in the choices he makes and whom he will have mercy on and whom you'll have compassion on. So uh, what are some of the things that uh, you know, stand out as you read this, read this passage? You know, one thing that always kind of grabs me, and I never really saw this in, in the kind of the first times I ever read this passage, mm-hmm. especially usually always kind of shocked me and alarmed me about the nature of God. And I think sometimes this passage also is kind of used as like, well, people that believe this, they're just, they're not missional. Like God's going to do what he's going to do. They're not going to be engaged in these sorts of things. They can kind of just... Let the pieces fall as they may, but I love how chapter nine starts when we see mm-hmm. Paul's deep sorrow that many of his fellow Israelites have not 
come to faith and how he even wishes that he himself was a curse that they might come to faith and so this whole kind of misnomer that people who believe in predestination or election also don't believe yeah. in mission is in many ways kind of dismissed here and i, and I love how that those two pieces are put together yeah and, um, and, and paul will even say in chapter 11 i do what i do in order to provoke them to jealousy so that they will see you know the goodness and the grace of the lord jesus christ mm-hmm. and turn to him and receive him mm-hmm. you know as their messiah so it's it's deeply missional all the way through and of course we're dealing with mysteries in scripture you know that talk about you know god's sovereignty and human responsibility and anytime we try to bring the two together we're, we're a little bit awkward because our our minds you know can't you know completely you know wrap around it uh, you know, my assurance is, you know, it comes usually, you know, from Romans, you know, chapter 12, you know, when we get through 9, 10, you know, 11 and 12, it's like, therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your spirit. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, is good, his perfect, and his pleasing will. Mm-hmm. When we look at this, it, it can be a little bit disturbing. It, mm-hmm. it can bring you know, assurance that God has secured us and God has chosen us. But we know when we see ultimately who God is and what he has done, we will know that his will is good and it is perfect. Mm -hmm. And not only that, that it will be ultimately be pleasing in him. And I've heard you teach this before and I I feel like this is also a comfort too. It's, It's kind of a mindset thing when I realize that all of us are deserving of God's holy wrath and yet he extends mercy so it's almost the flip of how dare he you know be condemned i mean not even condemning but um just the fact that we all didn't receive the mercy that god has given some so even in that we can stand in the real you know the real crisis of injustice is not you know that uh God does not save some. The real crisis of injustice is that God, in spite of sin, has saved, right, has yeah. saved some. Yeah. And, and of course, He was able to do that, you know, because of the sacrifice, you know, the sacrifice of you know, Christ. Mm-hmm. He talks about you know every gift that they've been given: adoption, to sonship, divine glory, covenants, uh, the law, the temple, the promises, mm-hmm. the patriarchs, and even mm-hmm. uh, the human ancestry of Jesus. And you have to love the way that He stops when He thinks about that. Who is God over all, forever praised? Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there he Some says, worship in, in, in the middle of that, mm-hmm. and he said, in you know the lat, in chapter seven, you know we talked about the fact that the problem was not with the law, but with you know humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're saying the problem is not with it's not as though God's word failed, because mm-hmm. not everyone who descended from Israel is Israel. In other words, there's within Israel those who were faithful to the covenant and those who were pursuing not by works but you know by grace Mm -hmm. uh pursuing him and so there's always been a remnant or a smaller group within the group that is true Mm -hmm. the same thing would be true of the church today when we see the church you know gathered not all who are you know visibly the church are the church but only those who have received you know christ by grace and then he moves it even further that Israel goes beyond, you know, just those who are natural descendants of Abraham to those who are children of promise, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. are you and I, mm-hmm. those who've exactly. received his problem, prom- his promises. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm stumbling on that. As he, you know, uh, and he says in verse you know, 28, what if, um, 
What if he did this, you know, in order to make the rich of his glory known to the mm-hmm. objects of mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory, even us whom he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. And then he quotes Hosea, I'm calling these people my people, and they, they were not my people. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a beautiful promise. No, I love just seeing some of these little phrases pop off the page in this chapter that you know, God's purpose and election would stand, that it's not by works, but by him who calls. And then verse 16, it, it does not therefore depend on human effort or mm-hmm. desire. And, that, and, and a lot of this, when even we speak in the Pharaoh, is that the, the name of God would be proclaimed over the whole earth. And we even see the difference in reaction from Israel to the Gentiles in this good news and how the gospel is is going forth because of God's promises in Scripture to call people who are not his people um, and to see that his word would never fail. Uh, James Hamilton has written a biblical theology, and the title of it is uh, God's Glory and Salvation and Judgment. And he's glorified uh, mm-hmm. when he saves sinners, and he's also glorified when he, when he judges our sin. And I know it's good, pleasing, and perfect. Um, when Isaiah would say that we don't have his mind, his thoughts are above ours, I know that one day we'll, whether or not he chooses to let us really understand this, we will know that it was perfect. So yeah, yeah. and and we know that we're not, you know, perceiving this rightly. Mm-hmm. If you know, it it causes consternation rather than comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, these passages are you know, are to bring comfort for us, and we we look at them and we get, you know, tied in knots, you know, a little bit. But we are, to, you know, to have glory in God's marvelous grace and to receive comfort, yeah. you know, that our salvation doesn't depend on our desire mm-hmm. because we don't always feel like it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't present on our performance because we've already learned, you know, from chapter 7 that we are unable in our own strength, you know, to please, right. you know, please God. It depends on his grace and it's his grace, you know, from beginning to end. No, even for anyone even listening, you know, to this podcast, where you're maybe reading this passage, maybe for the first time, or you're kind of alarmed by anything mm-hmm. jumping off the page. I think all of us around this table have a definitely been there as we've read this passage. And mm-hmm. one of the things that provided me so much hope, because when I first was introduced to this in college, I just wanted to figure it out, and I had I couldn't stop until you know I knew everything that, that was going on here. And then finally, someone told you me you should have given you more time. I know. <laughs> if you figured I this still out, haven't. If you figured this out back when but you were no, in finally, college, finally yeah. someone told me like you yeah. know. there's mystery in this Mm -hmm. and that took off some of that pressure that I had on myself to figure out God not just on this but in all ways that there is some mystery Mm -hmm. in how he operates and what he's doing this obviously tells us a a large amount of what's going on but that did for me it was just a little bit of comfort in in my pursuit of trying to understand election and predestination and and, and God's choosing of some Mm -hmm. over others Mm -hmm. Um, so for if it's worth it to anyone out there and and, and, um, Overriding the mystery is the character of God, mm. which um, even from the first time he revealed himself to Moses, he said, I am God, you know, the righteous and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. Mm-hmm. And, and so we know that the heart of his character is grace, and we know that he is just in, in all of his ways. Mm-hmm. And so we do know that they will ultimately, you know, be pleasing to him. Mm-hmm. David, why don't you close us with the word? Yeah, let's close. Mm-hmm. Father, we, we thank you so much that your word has not failed. And we thank you so much for the promises you have made, um, that you will have mercy, you will have compassion, that you will call people to yourself that, that are not your people. 
and in all of that we ask that you would receive the glory and the praise and may we as your people may may we rejoice in the fact that you have called us to yourself you have made us your own and may we uh, take the heart of paul as well and that we would wish um, that those that we know um, would no longer be cut off and cursed from christ and so may we um, pursue them with all we have um, for the sake of their joy and for the sake of your glory Um, we ask that you would help our hearts to um, wrestle with the deep things of you and that we would come out of this um, seeing you more knowing you more and and being able to worship and praise you more we pray this all in the great name of jesus amen